Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in yet again. This is Chris here with Woodja Gaming. If you're new here, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe, comment below, rate the podcast if you've not already. I wanted to look back on 2020. It's been an unforgettable year and not in a great way. Delays ran rampant, broken games were released, and Sony even publicly offered refunds on a game on their storefront for the first time in a long time. Last time I remember this taking place was when No Man's Sky, which was a timed exclusive for Sony, was pushed back two or three additional months to allow polishing the game. With the way it released, I think it needed even more time than it was given. Even though the, some of those delays that we got pushed games outside of 2020 into 2021 and beyond, we were still able to get some great game releases, and I wanted to look at that. With all the bad going on, with some of us being cooped up in our houses all year long, some of us working out of our home, meaning our office is technically our home, meaning we technically never leave work. Yikes. Having to wear a hazmat suit when grocery shopping and toilet paper becoming more valuable than certain stocks in the Dow Jones. I'll say it's been quite the experience to live through. Thank goodness I've not gotten sick. Hope everyone out there is staying healthy. And we'll just continue to try to navigate this field. There are some people who've lost their jobs and wonder how they're going to feed, clothe, and shelter their family been a crazy year and that's not saying anything of the subject really but to dive into the topic in this crazy year we were able to get some video game releases and i wanted to take a look back at some of the games that i was more fond of than others that i might have had a great time playing so before i even begin i want to preface this by saying if i did not play the game it's not going to be on the list this is my opinion and nothing more uh, your opinion may vary and i can almost guarantee you that it does I do not play anything online because my internet consists of two can tin cans connected by a clothesline. So there will be no online titles unless on the off chance it's one of the few titles I can actually play like Among Us. Also, I will not be including DLC for games that may have already been out that had DLC released this year. These are the games that I've played throughout the year in varying degrees. And in some cases that might have been as little as one evening, but it left an impression on me and maybe a desire to return to that game one of these days. First game that I actually got in the year was Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Having grown up watching the anime, loving the Dragon Ball fighters, but being awful at the combo systems and still keeping up with Dragon Ball Z Super to this day, there's no question that I'd pick this up. It was an abridged version of the anime that I enjoyed even though it may have been a bit button mash heavy. It allowed you to play through the story of Dragon Ball Z, giving you control over everyone from Piccolo to Vegito. Starting with the landing of sayings on Earth, you get to experience the story all over again. As a fan of the show, I thoroughly enjoyed this and could not help but feel nostalgic for those old days. Getting home from school in the evening, sitting down to watch the show, it just brought back so many memories. And from being able to perform some of the cooler signature moves that are available to each of the characters to transforming into their various forms, if you like Dragon Ball Z and are still a fan of it to this day, you're going to enjoy this title. It has additional content beyond the just Dragon Ball Z story, with an additional character being added by series creator Akira Toriyama. There are challenges offered by this and other characters in the open world, and you can track down all collectibles, play through the story, or just fly around the world if you so desire. The next game that took up a month of my life, if not more, was Persona 5 Royal. I know you may say, he said there was no DLC with this, isn't this just Persona 5 with additional content? And technically you would be correct. But it is so much more. Atlas is known for re-releasing their Persona games with additional content and even quality of life improvements, especially so in the case of Persona 5 Royal. Persona 5 Royal plays out in two parts. One part, Life Sim, that sees you as a high school teenager. You have only so many hours of the day to do everything that you need to do. 
The hub of the half plays out as a dungeon crawler where you capture mass similar to Pokemon, each having their own stats, strengths, and weaknesses. While a student, you must find time to study for exams, build up your stats, level up confidants. That will some will give you super helpful perks that help you in the in both parts of the game, either the live sin or the dungeon crawler, fish, and so much more else. After platinum in the first game and becoming hooked, I ended up buying Persona 4 Golding with a PS Vita TV so I could play that and just get a little bit more out of the Persona universe. So when this came about and they announced that Persona 5 Royal was coming out, there was no no question I was going to pick this up. Uh, I do not regret one moment of the 100 plus hours it took me to fully flesh and finish this game out. The story remained the same, more or less introducing a new character, an additional dungeon, and a couple of new mechanics to make it feel different enough. The next title that sank a bit of time into was Animal Crossing New Horizons, and this is title is one that I still play to this day. I was able to get a copy for my daughter and myself the evening before it released from GameStop. Appreciate y'all breaking street date. Shout out to GameStop there. You know, guys aren't doing too great now these days, but um, I appreciate you for that. I played this every day for a long time. It built my town up from nothing. It was so simple. Had me enjoying the smaller things, catching bugs and fish. And even pulling weeds. I played the original back on GameCube and the Wii title City Folks. So I was looking for a chance to get back into the series. And this was the perfect chance to do so. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. My village is at 5 stars currently. And I have way too many flowers and desperately need to do some renovating. Moving buildings around in particular my museum. I play each day making sure to get my recipes. One in the morning and one in the evening. At this point I've largely done and collected most things. I'm on the lookout for Gulliver and Gullivar to visit. I pretty much ignore anyone else who might show up other than maybe Celeste if I happen to be playing at night looking for a meteor shower. Still, I spend a good deal of time on my town and enjoy checking in every day. I'm actively trying to get cooler villagers. I've got Freya, the pink wolf, and lion, the lion rex, I believe, and I'm proud of these guys and trying to add to that collection. One title I played that was a remake of a classic was Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1. Just the opening scene alone is enough to bring back memories of sitting up late in front of my TV trying to play through the original PlayStation 1. Though this is only the beginning area of Midgar, this was a title that I'd long anticipated and looked forward to. The character models and real-time plausible combat were a welcome change from the blocky sprites and turn-based combat of old. Though the combat against flying enemies was a pain at time you whiff more often than not, Locking on was rather difficult, but if you like the original, chances are you will like this as well, even though it did put its own spin on things. I finished most things in the game. The only thing I left off doing was getting the Bahamut Summon. That battle was a bit difficult for me, and I even went back through the main story to try to grind and level up to get there, but this just proved to be too repetitive and grindy for my taste. Maybe before Part 2 releases, I'll take the time to go back and finish this, and see if I can't obtain that summon and get the rest of the trophies, but who knows. Also, it will be interesting to see if your progress in Part 1 carries over to Part 2 in any way. I know in the Witcher series on the Xbox 360, as well as Mass Effect 1-3, through 3, your progress carried over from the first to the last game in those series. Uh, and when Mass Effect was still good and decent, that was those were great games. And those games remind me of a lot of the Golden Sun games 1 and 2 on the Game Boy Advance. If we'd have got the trilogy we're meant to do to get back in the day, then uh, the uh, third title would have carried over our data as well. Sadly, that game was delayed and wasn't released until the DS, and that was not the game that the first two were at all. 
next, a friend loaned me a copy of Doom Eternal, and after he finished it, and I had a lot of fun running through mindlessly slaughtering demons. That was until I hit later levels, and it, the difficulty ramped up quite a bit. Either forces were overwhelming, they were just everywhere, or there was a new enemy type that I just couldn't seem to counter or, or figure out get the mechanics down for. Hard as it seemed, it was that much more rewarding when I was able to make it through a clear level. There were additional challenges you could take on, collectibles to find, and some of the challenges were ridiculously hard. When started, when I started out, I was getting every item available, clearing all levels, clearing all Slayer Gates, and leaving no stone unturned in general. On later levels, the difficulty was to such a high degree that I just I was happy to finish the level, much less clear those Slayer Gates. The ability to double jump, midair, pull off a bar, double dash, change weapons, destroy enemies as you fall, and chain glory kills along the way was one of the cooler aspects in the game. And there's since been DLC release that I imagine is no less difficult. Maybe one of these days I'll make it back through and play on that. Last of Us Part 2 was a game that had people truly angry at Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog was accused of tailoring gameplay that they showed to mislead players. Uh, They were expecting to play as Joel to continue the story with Ellie, but spoiler alert, Joel died in the prologue. You got to play him for maybe two hours. He was killed in revenge for murdering someone who he killed in order to save Ellie at the end of The Last of Us Part 1. He was killed no less in front of Ellie. This gave Ellie post-traumatic stress disorder and set her on the path to revenge to find Joel's killer and make sure that she tied up any loose ends. We're led to believe that Ellie was angry at Joel for taking away her choice at the end of The Last of Us Part 1. And they had just recently began to speak again, but the wounds had not been healed all the way. This was truly a touching and sad game, causing me to not be able to listen to Days of Future Past by Pearl Jam to this day without tearing up. Challenge you to play this game and not tear up after you've seen it all the way through. It is a touching game and a testament to all the hard work of the developers over at Naughty Dog and what they are actually capable of. This game is one I'll not forget anytime soon and it's truly left a lasting effect on me. Finishing out Joel's Tale. The Last of Us Part 2 takes an emotional toll, but I love this game and the gameplay loop. It was a lot of fun. Another game that I have fond memories of playing on an older console is the Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection. I played Mega Man Zero first on the Game Boy Advance slot of my first Nintendo DS and have such fond memories of that game. Something about running around slicing robots in half with Zero's beam saber was so satisfying. This was the original Mega Man game for the Game Boy Advance that I was playing. The ZX Legacy Collection adds more games to that, borders, and is just overall a better experience. Uh, and these other games might not be my favorite in the collection, but they're there if I decide to try to go through them and finish those off. It offers everything you'd expect from a Mega Man game. A dystopian future with robots fighting one another, bosses, and difficult levels. Now on to the game that I'll only spend an afternoon on, if that amount of time. I'd say more akin to four hours to complete the game, complete the game in a single run on a lazy Saturday. Hunt Down is a smaller indie retro-inspired side-scroller shooter that is co-op and a ton of fun. I am a fan of any good couch co-op games I can come across, and this was another I knew that myself and a friend of mine would have a great time playing. Being able to shoot and either duck behind cover or into a doorway to avoid enemy fire made for a unique mechanic differentiating and enough from the other side-scroller shooter games. The art style alone is enough to make you think it could have been released years back in an arcade cabinet. Hunt Down sees you as a bounty hunter in a futuristic setting that is reminiscent of the 1980s, with the characters' cars and city being heavily influenced by the era. 
You must take on each of the gangs, clearing out their levels, and before finally taking on a ball, their boss at the end of the levels. There are three ch- characters to choose from, with their weapons being slightly different. You can pick up different weapons that are dropped and use them. A friend of mine came over, like I said, for the day, and we ran through this game and quite enjoyed it. The last game that I finished only a week ago was Ghost of Tsushima, and this was a game that I've been waiting to play for some time. Why, you may ask, because I'm cheap and don't want to play pay full price for the game. Anyways, I picked this up on Black Friday from Best Buy for a reasonable price and didn't put it down from the moment I popped it into the PS4 Pro. I spent the last couple weekends playing this game and I was awestruck about everything about it. A friend of mine told me that it was like watching a movie and I could say this is an accurate assessment of it. The sword play is quite fun, and though at the beginning I thought it was not very challenging, later parts of the game ramped up in difficulty a bit. Nowhere near a Soulsborne type game, but enough to make you think and strategize. The graphics were truly impressive, and it delivered on the play as a samurai experience that it promised, and so much more. Playing through a majority of the side content and main stories offered quite an extensive experience. The satisfaction of breaking an enemy's posture and cutting them down had me thinking I was an actual samurai. It was a great game, plain and simple. Probably my pick for game of the year if I have one. But this has been my list of everything that I've played through on in the 2020 year. I just wanted to touch base with you guys on this. I intended to throw this up about a week or so ago, but something happened with the recording and it looped over itself. But I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, let us know if you have any ideas on episodes we can do and as always it's been chris here with would you gaming thank you for tuning in thank you